If you got your Bible, um, find Psalm 116. Psalm 116. All right, we're still in this series in the Psalms, trying to get a better understanding of this amazingly important book. Just a reminder that this will take us through spring break, and when we come back from spring break, um, our focus is still going to be on prayer, but it's going to switch, switch gears. We're going to study through the Lord's Prayer for the remainder of the semester um, when we get back from spring break. And just a reminder that we are having CBS next week, but it will not be the normal format. We will be having a relationships talk with me and my wife, Laura. So you will want to be here for that if you're in a relationship or not. All right. Um, so we... Uh, we've already been in this study uh, in Psalms for several weeks. Um, I feel like I've been away from it for a little while because uh, two weeks ago, Riley Hambrick taught on the Psalms of Wisdom. And last week, when I had the flu, Aaron Wine taught on the Psalms of Lament. Now, I hope, I hope that you were able to be here last week to hear Aaron teach on the Psalms of Lament. Um, I had every hope of being able to teach that section. That's the one I was looking forward to because of, of all the categories of the Psalms. Psalms of Lament are the most numerous. There's more Psalms of Lament in the book than any other kind of Psalm there is. And just to remind you of what those different genres are, you have Psalms of Praise and Psalms of Lament and Thanksgiving, which we're going to talk about tonight, Psalms of Confidence, Kingship or royal psalms and wisdom psalms. That's what Riley taught on. Aaron taught on psalms of lament. If you didn't get to hear that last week, you can find it on our podcast. I encourage you to listen to that. Because he also dealt with, under the category of psalms of lament, he also dealt with this interesting category of psalms. It's a subcategory called imprecatory psalms. You remember talking about imprecatory psalms. Sometimes those are... Those are those passages or the psalms that are sort of calling down God's judgment on your enemies. And and sometimes those are hard for a Christian to understand um, or know know what to do with because Christ commands us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And how do you square that, for example, with Psalm 109, 29 that says, May my accusers be clothed with dishonor. May they be wrapped in their own shame as a cloak. How do you pray that as a Christian? Or what do you do when you're reading Psalm 139? It's a great psalm. Uh, And you have all these soaring passages. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well, and it ends with this, that, that psalm ends with these famous words, search me, O God, and Know my heart and try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The verses right before that, though. <laughs> do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. How do you square that with love your enemies? So that's the reason you should have been here last week to think about the, these imprecatory psalms and how to understand them from a Christian viewpoint. Aaron talked about those things, and so go listen on the podcast if you weren't able to be here. Um, and if you still have questions, you can come ask me, and we'll talk about it some more. But is it not, what I, one of the things I just wanted to say, if I had taught on the 
Psalm of Lament last week is, is it not a strangely comforting thought to know that in the Psalms, the most numerous psalm you come across is a psalm of lament? Uh, because pe- people who've never read the Bible don't realize how real a book it is. It's a real book. It's, 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 it, it, it gets down there with you. And uh, it's not pie in the sky. It doesn't ignore the real world. It doesn't ignore evil in the world and struggle in the world. So when there's a book, and we have it, when there's a book that's in this larger book, that its purpose is, to, is designed to be our prayer book, it's strangely comforting to know that more than anything else, it, it helps us deal with hardship and sorrow and, and, uh, and, and, it, and those things that drive us to prayer. And it has psalms just sitting there, more than any other kind of psalm, just waiting to help us deal with it. That's pretty cool. But tonight, we're moving on to the next genre called Psalms of Thanksgiving. And um, there are about eight of these scattered throughout the 150 psalms, eight of them. And I've picked one of my favorites to think through with you tonight. An example of this kind of psalm is Psalm 116. That's what I asked you to turn to. Before we read it, though, and start thinking through it, I want to say something quickly about why we have this genre of psalms in the first place. Why psalms of thanksgiving? And also, what, what are the gist of these psalms? Especially, I mean, it's, well, duh, they're, thanksgiving is the gist of them. But I mean, especially as it uh, relates to psalms of praise that we've already looked at um, a few weeks ago. Okay, so why do we have a genre of psalms dedicated to thanks, giving thanks to the Lord? So, well, certainly the Scriptures command us to give thanks to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you're in a discontented place in life and you don't, you're struggling, you're discontented because you don't know what God's will is for your life, well, at the very least, you should stop being discontented because God's will is for you to give thanks <laughs> where you are at that station of life. Give thanks. But why? Why is giving thanks to God so important, at least to the heart of God? Well, if we let Scripture interpret Scripture, if we let God's Word explain itself to us, rather than relying on our own conjectures, consider what we read in Romans chapter 1, where it says in verse 21, For although they knew God, talking about the world in general, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, They became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And it goes on to talk about how those very people who refused to give thanks went on to idolize and to worship the creation rather than the creator. But look at that. Look at that verse. They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. So giving thanks to God, giving thanks is how we honor God as God. Why do you think that is? Why do you think giving thanks, according to Scripture, is at least one of the ways that we honor God as God? Just think about that for a second. Why would that be? Because I surmise that giving thanks to God very consciously and on purpose, giving thanks to God is how we honor God as God we honor Him as the, as the creator and the giver of all good things 
And it allows us to enjoy those gifts. It allows us to enjoy those gifts without worshiping them. It, 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 without idolizing the gift over the, the giver. And it, instead, of, instead of loving the creator and the giver, we love the gift. We, we do that all the time. We idolize the gift and ignore the giver. And in, in giving thanks, it allows us to enjoy those gifts even more deeply. So we give him thanks. And we have a whole set of psalms we call psalms of thanksgiving to help us do that. Here they are, by the way. I'll just go ahead. There's only eight of them. Those are the psalms of thanksgiving. 30, 66, 92, 107, 116, 118, 124, and 138. You should get to know these psalms. Only eight of them. Become so familiar with them, you know which one to pull out at different times. But what's, uh, when we started this series in, in the Psalms, uh, and I was, I was trying to introduce these different categories of Psalms to you, uh, I mentioned that some of them are very similar to each other. And one, in per, one set that are in particular very similar to each other are Psalms of praise and Psalms of thanksgiving. Very close in, 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 the, in their uh, emphases. But I want to remind you of the key difference between those two that I mentioned then, that I hopefully will help you understand a little bit about Psalms of Thanksgiving tonight. Um, because both of those, Psalms of Praise and Psalms of Thanksgiving, are both kind of doing the same thing, giving praise and thanksgiving to God. But typically, Psalms of Praise have to do with uh, giving praise and thanks to God for big picture stuff. Um, prominent acts of salvation that God has done. So you have a lot of Psalms of Praise that are remembering like, Big acts of God in the Bible. The Exodus, thinking about how God delivered his people out of Egypt. And look how faithful and look how powerful and sovereign God was then. Usually they're written in a time of struggle. And so he was that way then, he will be that way again. Big picture. That's, that's Psalms of praise. And, and, and remembering big things that God did in the past. Psalms of thanksgiving, on the other hand. Very similar in tone. But they're typically, unlike the Psalms of praise, Psalms of thanksgiving are typically giving praise and thanks to God for things he has done in our own personal history or like in my own life. Not necessarily great big grand things that God has done, but how has he been faithful to me in my life? What are the good things that he's done for me in my life? And as we've come to Psalm 116, um, Remembering, uh, we, we, see, we see that an example of that. Uh, remembering those things that he's done in the psalmist's life to give us greater confidence in the future. We need both of those kinds. We need the psalms of praise and the psalms of thanksgiving. Big picture stuff and my life kind of stuff. We need both. We need psalm, because both are helpful. We need psalms of praise to force us outside of hyper-focus on my own little life and to get my eyes on the big things that God has done. I need to be reminded. I need to bust out of my own little world and remember all that God has done, not just for me, but for us. And praise Him for that. But then again, I also need Psalms of Thanksgiving too because I don't need to forget that He's been faithful to me personally, even when I may not recognize it. 
and give him praise and thanks for that. So with all that being said, turning our attention to Psalm 116, I want us to spend a couple of minutes getting to know psalms of thanksgiving in general and then this psalm in particular. So if you found that place in your Bible, let's read it and then we'll dive into it. So here we go, Psalm 116. Psalmist writes, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he has he inclined his ear to me. Therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. And then I called on the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord. And righteous, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O oh my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke, I'm greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O oh Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, this is your holy, inspired, and errant, authoritative, sufficient, clear, and necessary word. Don't know who the human author is of this psalm, but this, as with every psalm, every word of Scripture, has you, the divine author, behind it. So as Joe prayed earlier, I pray again, give us minds to understand these Scriptures. For your glory, let us do that. Give us, give us hearts to embrace and love. Love the truth. Love knowing the Scriptures. Knowing you in the Scriptures. I pray that we, we would learn about the, the Scriptures and learn about these Psalms and learn how to study them. Not merely to know more about the Bible. That's the mistake of the Pharisees. They searched the scriptures because they felt like in these you have life. But they, these that point forward to you, Lord Christ. So help us to have minds to understand these and hearts to embrace and love this truth so that you are more magnified in our eyes and more honored in our hearts. And give us wills to obey whatever it calls us to do, I pray. Give me the help that I need to teach and give us all ears to hear, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's how I want to structure the remainder of our time together. First, I want to give you, hopefully, it was to me, a, a helpful way of remembering what to look for in Psalms of Thanksgiving. A, a way to remember the, the different aspects of them that are helpful to remember. 
Do they have any kind of marks or tendencies that are common among these? And then secondly, I want to give you what a few, uh, what I think are a few, um, or that would be the pattern of the Thanksgiving Psalms. And then secondly, a few, what I think are the benefits of, this, of Thanksgiving Psalms. What are some of the things that these Psalms help us do? And why are they good to be familiar with? So let's think first about the pattern of these Thanksgiving Psalms and how to remember their, their structure. Um, I know this is kind of classroomish, but it's good to know. It's good to know. It'll help you in your devotional times. So I want to give you what I think is a hopefully helpful way of thinking about what to look for in a Thanksgiving psalm. It's not original with me. Um, I got this from a, a book on how to understand the Old Testament. Uh, Jason DeRushi came up with this. I, I think it's, it's helpful. It's not, uh, it's not 100% um, it's, this is not a 100% never-changing rule in these Thanksgiving Psalms, but mostly it's true. And you can remember this acronym, IMART. IMART. You can re- kind of remember that to be able to remember the different aspects of these Thanksgiving Psalms. And here's what, here's what IMART means. Um, and it, 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 here's how it would begin. Usually, I means uh, an introduction of praise addressed to God. That's how these Psalms would begin and they practically always begin this way. We'll see that to be true in Psalm 116. Once they've done that, M means the, the misery or the trouble is reported. So something terrible has gone down. This is the reason that Thanksgiving is going to be offered later. Um, so they'll say, here's, here's what happened to me. A is appeal for others to praise God. And this isn't always in these. For example, this is not in Psalm 116, we'll see, but it's in others, where uh, after they uh, report their trouble, they'll, because they've already praised at the beginning, they'll say, other people, come praise with me. (laughs) Um, R is God's rescue is announced. So I've already told you what my trouble is. Here's, Here's how he helped me. Here's what God did for me. Here was my trouble, and here's how God helped me. And then T, it usually ends with some kind of testimony of, of, or a vow of praise. Here's what I will do for God because of all he's done for me. So that, that's generally the pattern that they're going to follow. Not in every single instance, and not always precisely in that neat and tidy uh, order. But generally, you'll find most of those elements in most of these Psalms of Thanksgiving. So if you're open to Psalm 116... And I'll show you what I'm talking about. So when you open up to a, by the way, when you open up to a psalm, just we're looking at Psalm 116, just FYI, t- try to take notice of a couple of different things whenever you open to one. First of all, take notice if it names who the author is. I mean, half the psalms are written by David. And the good thing if it's written by David is most of the time you can, it, it may even tell you what situation in his life it was about. Or you can try to figure it out and go back to First or Second Samuel and read about it helpful that way. Also, take notice if it gives you any other kind of instructions, because if it has like singing instructions or something like that, then you can tell that this is a psalm that was mainly used in corporate worship. Just adds a little layer of interest in it. But you don't always have those things. Like here, we're not told either one of those things. So we don't know who wrote this psalm, but it's a beautiful psalm. And notice how it opens up with an introduction of praise to God. It says in verses 1 and 2, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. 
Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. That's practically how all of them begins. Just another uh, psalm for comparison out of that list of eight that I gave you. Here's how Psalm 30 begins. A psalm of David, there you go, um, at the dedication of the temple. So you can go back and read that account. But David says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. They always begin with praise like this. But then typically, once they have praised the Lord, they, it moves to stating the reason for the praise, which, incl- which means I got to tell you why I'm praising him, because let me tell you about my misery. And <laughs> you can see in Psalm 30, it already starts that process when he says, you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. So my foes were doing something to me. Or look at Psalm 116, verses 3 and 4. This psalm, it says, The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. This guy thought he was going to die. I don't know what was happening, but he thought he was going to die. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. And you can, you can just see how these are different than the Psalms of praise. When it's just praise, are just big things that God did. And look how personal these are. My foes, death encompassed me. I suffered distress and anguish. I called on the Lord. I pray, deliver my soul. So many of these Thanksgiving psalms have laments behind them. They do. You see what I mean? Usually, these psalms, if the second aspect of a Thanksgiving song is reporting misery, usually they're just on the other side of having gone through something really hard. They're on the other side of a really deep and dark time. Usually it's on... On, the, on this other side that these psalms come. It's in the dark side that the laments come. It's on this side of it that the thanksgiving comes. So just keep that in mind in your own prayer life. If you wanted to make use of Psalm 116 or Psalm 30 or any of these other thanksgiving psalms, if you want to make use of these in your prayer life, when you're going through a hard time, and you will, the longer you live, the more you will. Lean on the Psalms of Lament. Lean on the Psalms of Lament. Let them help you be sad. Right? Let them help you know how to grieve before the Lord. But then follow it up with a Psalm of Thanksgiving. Right? To remind yourself, even in that time, God hasn't forgotten you. Now at this point, a lot of the Psalms of Thanksgiving will, after they've reported the misery snares of death encompass me they will appeal for others they'll remind they'll they'll go back to hey i began with praise and now i want to invite others into this thing too psalm 116 doesn't do that but the other psalm we just looked at earlier psalm 30 it does that so for example after it announces that god helped him out of his trouble it says it says in verse four sing praises to the lord O you his saints give thanks to his holy name so it's inviting others it appeals to others to give thanks But regardless of whether it has that aspect in it, they will always announce not only the trouble that they were in, 
but the rescue that God provided in the middle of that trouble when they called on him in prayer. Look, for example, Psalm 116 does that in verses 8 and 9. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You just feel that. When, it, when, it, when he was, when he was uh, lamenting, De- the snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. And you go down to, it's, it's like he's in just sort, sort of amazement that as close as he was to death, now he's walking before the Lord in the land of the living. Like, look what God did. Wow. And then it usually after it, it describes the trouble and then also how God brought him out. It'll usually end with a vow or a promise of what the psalmist is going to do for the Lord as a result of all that God has done for him. So Psalm 116 ends this way. Let's go to the, straight to the end. It actually starts in verse 12, all these vows. But look at the last two verses, verses 18 and 19. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. So that's a Thanksgiving psalm. It's not rocket science. I don't want to make it any more complicated than it is. It's really not. It's pretty simple. It's basically this. Praise the Lord. Here's the trouble I was in. Here's how God helped me. Praise Him, everybody. Give Him thanks. Here's what I'm going to do to give thanks. That's basically a Thanksgiving psalm. And that's a great way to think about, about giving thanks in your own life. Think about that. Praise the Lord. Here's what was happening to me. Here's how he helped me. Praise the Lord, everybody. Here's how I'm going to give thanks. Think about thinking through your own thanksgiving to the Lord in that way. I mean, you could even write your own psalm in that way. Compose your own psalm. Write down your prayers. It's beautiful. Like, so, so, do you ever write down your prayers or do you ever just pray it in your head? I commend that practice to you, to write down your prayers. Like, it helps me. Sometimes that helps my prayers be real to me. Sometimes my mind wanders, and I don't know. I'm just, there's usually noise around me. So sometimes just writing down my prayers makes them more concrete in my head. And it helps me um, think through more carefully what it is I'm saying. Because I'm just gonna, not going to write down just any old thing that I think of. So let's write your own psalm after this fashion. Use this art. <laughs> and there are so many ways that these Thanksgiving psalms help us in our own prayer life. And I just want to finish up our time mentioning a few ways that... Psalms like these help us uh, in our own prayer life, some benefits of these Thanksgiving psalms. And the first is simply this. They remind us to give thanks. They remind us to give thanks. If you don't think you need help with that, you should be up here teaching. 
I mean, it's sad that we need reminding of this, but we do. I, I take so many things for granted. I just do. I have stressful times. You have stressful times. I have stressful times where I don't have any idea how a certain situation is going to have a good outcome. I have no idea how, it's going to, how this is going to turn out well or how I'm going to get through it or how I'm going to get it all done or how I'm going to get it all done when I need to get it done or when I'll ever sleep again. And then I come out on the other side and I just move on to the next thing. You know? Never stop to give thanks to the Lord for His help. So I guess I assume I did it myself. Reading these Psalms regularly reminds us to repent of that pride and that illusion of self-sufficiency and give thanks to the Lord for His goodness to us. So one, it reminds us to give thanks, period. Two, it doesn't just remind us to give thanks, but it shows us how to do it. How to take your time doing it. Take your time giving thanks. Don't rush through it. Spend time actually thinking about the trouble. Spend time thinking about the trouble or the stress that you were under so that you can fully appreciate how much the Lord helped you. So, slow down. Third, they often, these psalms, these eight psalms, sometimes, well, I'm, here's, here's my point. My th- the third way it helps you. Not only does it remind you to give thanks and how to do it, but sometimes it, 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 it motivates you to give thanks for things that you might overlook to give thanks for. Like, just things that, you might, that might not come to your mind to give thanks for. Because you might read this psalm and go, well, that's cool and all, but my life doesn't really resonate with that right now. That's, so what? <laughs> so what? Because like, one, Psalm 116 is a good way of this, a good example of this. Look, look, for example, at verses 10 and 11. He says, I believed even when I spoke, I'm greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. All mankind are liars. You can hear in that he was betrayed by somebody. He was betrayed by somebody he trusted. And it caused him to doubt everybody he trusted. Now, a verse like this might not resonate with me right now. I may feel like I'm on good terms with everybody. I may feel like nobody's really lying to me right now. But if I think about it, I might think back on a time in my life when I felt like somebody I thought I could trust, I couldn't trust. And they hurt me pretty bad. And, and it's some, something that it seems like this psalmist was going through. And so because that's not something that happens to me right now, that was something that happened to me a while back or a long time ago, it might not immediately jump to my mind. I should give thanks for that. But reading this psalm might remind me of that, and I can give thanks for it. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to me always. They remind us of to give thanks for things that might not immediately dawn on us. So if, you're, if your life doesn't immediately resonate with this psalm, you're in too big a hurry. Just slow down and think about it. Finally, 
I love how these psalms teach us how to respond to the Lord in thanksgiving. I mentioned that how they end. They, they usually end with a, with a vow or a promise of what they're going to do in light of what God has done for them. Here's my vow. Here's what I'm going to do. And that's true. You can see it here in this psalm. But look carefully. Look carefully at the response and the vow that is made here. First of all, look at the psalm. Uh, look at the response in verse 7. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. What a precious thought to be able to lay your head down at night and say, and say to yourself, Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And you can say that no matter what anybody else is doing. If the Lord's dealing bountifully with you, you're okay. So return to your rest, O my soul. Give thanks to the Lord for all he's done. So it spurs us on to greater trust. That's what Thanksgiving does. That's a benefit. It spurs us on to greater trust. Return of my soul to your rest. But then look at the vow. This is where the psalmist says, here's what I'm going to do. Because of all that God's done for me, here's what I'm going to do for God. But look carefully. Look carefully at verses 12 and 13. He says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? Okay, what can I give back to him? What can I do for him? Well, what does it say he's going to do? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. What can I, it basically says, what shall I render to the Lord? What can I render to the Lord other than, would you do it again? Would you do it again? He says it again in verse 17. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will give thanks to God. And the vow I'm going to make is I'm going to keep asking for his help. That's all, that's all you can do. In other words, giving thanks spurs us on to future dependence. It, in other words, it helps us honor God as God. Depending on him, on him even more. And trusting him for more of it in the future. Just like Romans 1 said. <laughs> 